0: So this, this podcast is sponsored by Coastal Leather Supply, created by Leather Crafters for Leather Crafters, supplying premium leather, tools, and all your other leatherworking needs. Specialise in vegetable tan leather such as buttero, Pueblo, and many others. They ship international and are trusted in the Australian and New Zealand leatherworking community. Visit CoastalLeatherSupply.com.au. Welcome to the 13th episode of the Joseph M. Leather Podcast. Today I'm with Alex from Lighthouse Leather Co., Alex is from Sydney, Australia, and handcrafts, wallets, keychains, field notes, sleeves, and other accessories. You can keep up to date on his Instagram for new product releases. Welcome, Alex.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, man.
0: That's all good. Um, so, how did you get into Leathercraft? Uh, it just, I remember distinctly,
1: it was one night, I just had, my wife and I had just had our second child, and after like some 3am feed in the morning, and yeah, you know, just trying to stay up and give some support, just scrolling through YouTube. And um, I think it might have been a DeResta video, and he was making something out of leather. DeResta's a cool maker from, from New York. And I thought that was cool, and I just kind of searched for a bit more stuff and then kind of fell into the rabbit hole of leather crafting videos. And I was kind of hooked. Had a bit of time off work, so I was like, I'm getting myself a kit. So after watching... Heaps of videos of like Han Atelier is a great, great YouTuber. Um, STR from Lithuania and like I think probably stock and barrel most likely. I was like, man, I've got to get into this. So I just bought like a $80 kit from Amazon and I think I bought like three kilos of scrap leather from someone on eBay and that was it, man. Just started from point zero and then I've just... Kind of been working at it ever since but that really got me into it just the desire to want to make stuff like these guys
0: mm-hmm. so what was, yeah. the, what was the first video you saw uh it was probably a duresta video um he
1: he's not leather specific but he sometimes jumps in and does a bit of leather work with a bit of weaver like weaver leathercraft um and then but i think the first youtuber that i really got into would have been han artelia H A H N um this guy makes awesome
0: Oh yeah Yeah, awesome
1: stuff. Yeah, love it. No talking. Just just ASMR, you know, whatever that is and um good music. So that he would have been the first YouTuber that really kinda got me hooked on on Leathercraft. And I just thought it was an awesome awesome craft, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting.
0: Like the videography of Leathercraft has made it such a popular uh yeah fuel. i reckon it's the i reckon
1: it's the sounds <laughs> i reckon it's the it's like the beveling the the cutting like the crunch of the leather i remember the first time i got a like a skiving knife and i just like put it through a few layers of leather mm-hmm. like n- nothing else makes that sound like woodwork metalwork, like nothing i love that leather crunch there's something yeah. about
0: it yeah i know what you mean yeah like, against yeah. the cutting board, it's like...
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't even listen to music when I'm crafting. It's just me yeah. and the sound of the leather.
0: Yeah. It's great. No, that's cool. Yeah, so, that's good. So, what year was that, then?
1: That would have been... What are we now? 2021? It was probably 2019.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: So, my daughter was June. So, it would have
0: probably been, like, June 2019.
1: Yeah. When I got into it. And then a couple months later, I would have had the kit.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, so you... You just started in leathercraft on YouTube, and that's... yeah, that was yeah. it. I had actually wanted to get into
1: it probably two or three years before when my first daughter was born, but I kind of went down another another crafting path. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was that? I, was, I used to make uh, cigar box guitars.
0: Cigar box guitars.
1: Yeah, take cigar boxes because mm-hmm. they're all made from like really good timber to keep the cigars like preserved. They're all handmade in like Honduras and South America, but people put guitar mechs on them, two, two or three strings. It's like really basic kind of building.
0: Yeah.
1: But I actually started building and and selling those for a little bit, but that was, that was pretty intense. There's a lot of work, but yeah, yeah that was that was fun. Yeah. yeah, I've always enjoyed making things.
0: Yeah. Okay, that's fair enough. Um. Yeah. So, yeah. Do you sell many of them? The guitars? Yeah, I'm going to look them up on Google. Nah,
1: not for a long time. Like, I probably haven't sold any for years and years. No, did you sell many? Oh, maybe five or six. Yeah. Nothing, like, didn't make any money on them compared to the amount of work that I put into them. Mm. But I think for me it was just, I enjoy making. So even if I can cover the cost, it's worth it because I just want to be able to make more. Yeah. Buy more tools.
0: Did you have to use, like... Traditional woodworking tools? Uh,
1: nothing crazy.
0: You know, ch- chisels and
1: saws, screws, nails, glue. But nothing like I, I couldn't do without machinery. So I yeah. just did it all by hand. So it was, it was pretty chill. Let's go to Bunnings. <laughs> yeah.
0: So then how did you refine your skills in leatherwork?
1: Just constantly making. Just making, making, making. I think I would just find... Find patterns online, free patterns. So like Han always puts out heaps of free patterns, um, and I would just do what I could with the leather that I had, and then just making like one step at a time,
0: yeah,
1: like one project at a time. Sorry, and constantly trying to improve.
0: Actually, I forgot to ask you. So what was the first thing you made out
1: of leather? Oh, line? first thing I- ah. I still have it. It's actually, it's a lighter holder. Like, oh, yeah. Um,
0: yeah. Like a fold over one and you stitch it on one side.
1: Uh, yeah, like a tiny little pouch. Yeah. Put the, it had like a little, I remember it has like a, a little O-ring um, that I must have bought from Spotlight or something. But it was out of this really soft, it was probably chrome tan. I didn't know at the time. Um, yeah, just. I still use it. I still holds my lighter for um, burning all my um, all my threads. So I'm pretty pretty chuffed that I still have it.
0: Yeah, that's like that's one because I remember I used to like watching Cordo's leather. Um, yes, leather, and he always uses that uses that lighter. I remember? Like, you know
1: what? It's probably his pattern.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm almost positive. And when I've seen like seen it in the past, oh, I'd be so cool to be able to make because it just looks so cool, and I've just yeah. never made one. <laughs> like yeah. I don't really need a lighter or
1: anything. Uh, Yeah, that's true. But I think, yeah, I wanted to make one because, yeah, it just looks so cool. I'm like, this is so sick. This little lighter case, it's super little functional little piece of project. And I was like, I have to make one. So, yeah, that was the first thing. And I still use it, like, every day. Yeah. So I'm proud of that.
0: And as you watch his videos, like, that lighter's, like, patinaed, like, over time. (laughs) Yeah. It's covered in wax where he
1: rubs it. It just looks awesome.
0: Yeah. It's just the...
1: He was a big inspiration. He's a I like his his the roughness of his building. Like he's not too concerned with insane accuracy. Like mm. he it does everything by by eye almost. Like yeah. he, he made like a yeah, a couple of things just by eye. It's great to watch.
0: So so pretty much just learning over like just making over and over again yeah, you find new skills. Yeah, and I was a bit of a perfectionist, so
1: if it didn't look the way it was meant to, I was like, alright what can I do differently or what tool do I need to make it make it look like what I'm trying to make I yeah. remember the first this card wallet I made I didn't have token all I didn't have like edge wax nothing I'm like I've done everything the template says and yeah I didn't have a good edge beveler the Amazon kit was a joke I think it came with something that you used to cut your fingernails for the edge beveling it was crazy <laughs> So I was like, okay, what do I need? Okay, so I get the edge beveler. I'm like, oh, it still doesn't look right. Do a bit more research. Ah, tokenol. Everyone's using tokenol. Tokenol. That takes me to the next level. You know, that actually... A good edge beveler and tokenol, I think, is, like... Will take you to, like, passable level, leather work. Like Those are things that really kind of crisp up the item, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, it's weird because... like, like At a basic level. Yeah, what used to frustrate me back in the day were, like you'd get two pieces of leather and, like, you'd burnish one of them and it would, like, burnish perfectly. And then yeah. you'd have, like, the other one that just wouldn't burnish as good. Like, it'd be, like, fluffy yeah. steel and, and it's like, what's happening? Why? Like, And then you'd yeah, use totally. token oil and it actually just makes them even. Yeah, yeah definitely. So. And then
1: also realizing that not all leathers react the same. Like, like cheap leather or maybe combination tanned or not high quality i find just doesn't burnish well mm-hmm. and I, I love burnishing i don't like edge paint
0: yeah yeah I don't, I don't i'm not a fan of edge paint either but i've never i haven't used chrome xl or a combination tan at yeah all, so i neither. haven't had that experience of yeah true having to I'm, learn
1: <laughs> i am keen to try chrome xl see if it's worth the hype
0: yeah well apparently it's it's hard to burnish yeah like because the fiber I don't know, it's like the fibers are too soft or and right. pretty much yeah, like I do, like, as you pressure it, it just doesn't get down. Yeah. yeah I find I've been, I enjoy stiffer leathers mm-hmm. at the moment. Yeah, yeah.
1: They just polish up so nice. Just I've had to explain it. to a few customers, I'm like, this is called patina. Like, it's vegetable tan leather. This is the nature of the leather. Like, this is the difference between, you know, I guess, chrome tan and certain other types of leather. Like, vegetable tan is going to scratch and change over time. Like, I had a few customers kind of be like, what's this? What's going on? I'm like, this is the leather. This is how it works.
0: Hmm. But,
1: uh, and I know it will scratch eventually, but I kind of want the customer to do the scratches. Yeah, like... You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to try and get it to them as unscratched as possible so that their, their pocket can tell the story <laughs>
0: yeah. of the
1: wallet as opposed to my bench top.
0: Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. When did you think, like, when did you have, um, amount, when did you have enough confidence to sell mm. your items?
1: So, a few months in started running out of like leather and tools and so I kind of needed to spend some money right and I think the the negotiation that I had with my wife was like okay we don't really have the money for me just to go nuts with this stuff so I'm gonna try and sell some and just let the hobby fund itself yeah so I kind of just started kind of no I wouldn't say perfecting because they were far from perfect it was more like got them to a point that I would be happy to sell them with just a few items. So I think like a couple months in, maybe, so that probably started in 2019, I think early 2020, I um, chucked a couple things on Etsy that I felt confident with. Simple stuff like pen sleeve, like, mate, it's a tube, like a tube of leather. And then a lighter sleeve, um, like a lighter keychain, And I'd made a leather sheath for like an opinel, which is like a French pocket knife. I just love these knives, right? So I just tucked off some stuff. Didn't even check the account. And then one day I got a sale, like just randomly, like $30 for like this little keychain. And the guy wanted all this personalization. I'm like, I can't do it. Like, just sorry. It is what it is. But that just kind of started like a really small and slow bankroll.
0: Yeah. So,
1: and then once I realized that no matter what I was putting up, there, there was a market for it. Like, not, It wasn't bad quality, but I mean, it wasn't incredible. But I had it priced at that kind of not incredible range, so just, just to see what would happen. And there's, there's a market for it. And people started purchasing a bit more regularly, and then it allowed me to buy better tools, and that would allow me to kind of produce better products. So it was a slow process, but I think I remember posting up Mate, these leather kangaroo bookmarks, like this, you know, like a simple bookmark. That is what has gotten me to where I am today. This simple little leather bookmark. For like, I think originally it was like ten bucks. Now it's like a bit more because I was making. I realized I wasn't making enough. But um, yeah, that the more I sold, the more confident I got in my skill set, and I think that just helped me improve. And then I just. Kept making things and put it up for sale on Etsy. It was all yep. pretty much Etsy in the early days. But that bookmark, I sold tons of them. Yeah,
0: yeah. Actually, like a couple of things there. Yeah. So being like a perfectionist, because I literally struggled with the exact same thing when I started. Yeah. That. Like everything had to be uh, like perfect before it, you know. Yeah. Tick the box. So did you? Was it a challenge to be able to let go? Of that it's not going to be perfect like every yeah. single time like look
1: no yeah it, it definitely is i mean i wouldn't say i was posting anything that i was unhappy with
0: yeah because I,
1: I quickly realized that if you're unhappy with something generally the customer will also pick up on it and be like this isn't good like so there was no problems with it but i mean you know the leather wasn't amazing the stitching wasn't perfect it wasn't ugly though mm-hmm. um but it, it it was hard. I think it got harder as I got busier because you're wanting to kind of produce things a bit faster. Um, but you still have to maintain that level of quality. And I've had a few, I've had a lesson or two that I've had to learn in that, you know, you think, Oh, the customer won't notice you send it. And then the firestorm comes. And so that happens once or twice. And then you realize that you need to be happy. It doesn't need to be, it has to be what the customer has ordered and what you've kind of shown them it will look like. It needs to match the photo, you know. It needs to match what it is that they feel that they're purchasing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But to ask about the forest. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, go for it. I was, it was actually not that long ago. Probably like six months or something. I made like a valet tray um, and I punched an extra hole where I, like you pinch the edges. I was like, oh, whatever. I'll just put a double rivet on this one side and it'll be fine. And I sent it to her and like the moment she opened it she was like why does this have this hole? like I don't want it like I don't like it like why is this side different and I was like had that <laughs> terrible feeling in my stomach like I knew that this was going to happen but yeah I just apologized replaced it instantly sent everything over but I was like no nah, if if there's an issue like like that you need to just start again
0: yeah
1: and uh, yeah so it's definitely I had to learn that the hard way
0: yeah Yeah, so so narrowing – because, yeah, when you get into leather work, it's to try and narrow down the products you wanted to make with all all that different types of leather. How did you narrow it down? So maybe
1: before the summer of – so before the end of 2020, I kind of was just making anything and everything. So whatever people wanted, and I thought I could do it, I'd say yes to. I was just finding templates, oh, that's cool, let's make that, that's cool. And then when I kind of, when I wanted to get a bit more serious with like, hey, this is going pretty well, like let's, you know, hit the Instagram a bit harder, let's try and like hit the craft a bit harder, take it a bit more seriously, I was like, okay, I need to narrow, kind of narrow things down a little bit. Um, And I thought... I just wanted to kind of create a bit more of a cohesive range of items that kind of all a bit more work together rather than just like a sporadic lineup of, you know, like keychains and pen holders and pouches. I just thought, just try and narrow it down a bit. So I just spent that some, I think I turned off my Etsy store after Christmas and was just like, okay, I want to do one vertical bifold. I want to do a minimalist card wallet, simple card sleeve, and i don't know like a keychain and just kind of have four core items and then kind of just build things around that and if they work add them if not kind of take them away so it was just it was just that it was just kind of making the decision to narrow things down to kind of make it seem a bit more yeah cohesive that what i was doing kind of worked together in a in a range as opposed to just random leather items yeah yeah and i that I kind of just chose the items based on what a lot of other people were doing. People all seem to kind of have, you know, the vertical bifold, the minimalist card wallet, and the keychain. So, yeah. but I think the more I've been doing, the more I do with leather work, it's like the bigger and bigger the project that I kind of want to attempt. Yeah. And and like a larger variety that I want to attempt.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I think that's, I think that's another reason why I've been like intrigued by briefcases because it's kind of like it's like the natural progression of building, you know. You yeah. start with you know keychains and small goods, and then you got you know your, your wallets and your pouches, and then your your laptop cases and sleeves, and then you know it just kind of keeps going up and up. And then I'm going to create an entire house out of leather one day. Yeah. Yeah. That's the that's the dream. Well, then it shoe, <laughs> shoe making. That that's that's a goal
0: one day as well. I want to
1: build a boot. Yeah. But you know.
0: Well, I'd like to learn how to resole a shoe to start off with because yeah, it's yeah, not, it's actually not that hard to take the sole off. Like if you, you just need like a, a, yeah, you know, like,
1: a oh, like a box cutter,
0: don't you? Yeah, a box cutter, a, and just get in between and you cut yeah. through it. So it's I not hard like taking it off. It's just like
1: yeah, what's that? Oh, what's it, that? What's it. that Aussie website? Uh, not uh, it's another leather leather guy. Leffler. Leffler, yeah, and they say they sell the the shoe soles. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, they
0: and they. I think it's the J, the J. Yeah, JR or something. I mean, yeah,
1: they, they're really good.
0: Yeah, they're like a real. I don't know what makes them so good, but they're yeah, they're expensive sp- shoals. Yeah,
1: I think they're like been doing it a long time. I just always wonder what a super flat sole like that would be like to walk on.
0: You it, know, it, I mean? it'd be it'd be fine. It just like the it just depends on like if you have cork in your shoe. Because that yeah. cork gives the, the softening.
1: No, but I mean more like with it, it being in contact with the ground. Like this soft, like luxury style sole, like constantly, like, you know, if you're walking on, like, you know, the pavement or something, mm. just it kind of, just kind of blows my mind that it wouldn't just chew away.
0: Oh, I, like, leather soles go through quickly, apparently.
1: Yeah, uh, they would. <laughs>
0: I wore my, like, I've leather-salt loafers, and I wore them on Easter, and I walked over, not, uh, like, stone, stony gravel sort of thing, not stone, oh. You know, like, a, like dirt, like yeah, a dirt like a road dirt sort path, of, not, yeah. not a, yeah, dirt path with, had, like, rocks and all that, and I literally got home, like, looked at my soles, and it's just, like. Yeah, destroyed. <laughs> but that's what I like about the, if you look at the old military boots, they have, like, a lot of metal on the sole. Okay. So, it's not just, like, actually, I want to get on my, <clears throat> you can actually get these things called toe taps, so, like, you oh, you're yeah, so... yeah, for the tip of the, yeah, because, yeah, like, they're mad. where you're, where you start to wear out your shoes, like, your top and then the, like, the heel. Yeah. But anyway, you can get, like, toe taps. I'd, I'd want to get, I want to get some.
1: Get, um, what's his name to do it? Oh, I was chatting to him the other day. I can't remember. Another one of the Aussie guys in the chat. Kieran? Kieran the Cobbler? I I think he's installed a few toe taps, which are pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I to get those JR soles, and then toe taps.
1: Yeah, man. (coughs) Do it.
0: I don't know what's so special about them, but I think there is a... Because there is a part of the cow where actually you. it's just for like, the sole leather.
1: Yeah, it's probably like a Really stiff and thick.
0: Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah,
1: some crazy specific leather uses, like certain cuts.
0: Yeah. Mm, okay. So you've met Mitch in real life.
1: Yeah, yeah. He came to the cafe that I think we had ordered some stuff, and yeah. he's gonna drop it off. Yeah. yeah. It's been it's been it's been really cool to meet uh some of the other makers.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, I heard he's tall.
1: <laughs> oh, he's super tall. It's
0: the first thing I commented on. I was
1: like, I thought I was tall. I was looking up to him.
0: Yeah. Because, yeah, <laughs> when I talk, spoke to him on camera, like, it's like, he just looks like the same height as me because we're like... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sitting down. Tall, how tall are you? Uh, 5'11". Yeah, I'm 6'2". Oh, really? Okay.
1: Yeah. So, so I was like, just not expecting another tall dude.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, no, he's a good bloke.
0: Yeah. So, what do you what do you do outside leather work, like your hobbies?
1: Yeah, so outside leather work, so full time barista. I'm actually just about to. I just got a job doing roasting, so I'll be moving into coffee roasting, which is pretty exciting. Been baristing for like 15 years, so it'd be nice uh-huh. to not be baristing. It mm-hmm. gets a bit dry. But other hobbies, uh, yeah, been a musician for. Mm-hmm. 15 16 years as well been playing guitar kind of come from a musical family so i've always enjoyed playing guitar i i'm a collector of hobbies too like my whole life has always been doing or collecting or hobbying something so Mm -hmm. yeah kind of just i have a lot of interests that i can get into i tend to go pretty hard as well like if i if i'm gonna do it it's because I think I can do it and a couple of years ago I was big into gardening, like veggie oh, gardening. Really? Like you know, sell everything, become a farmer and then yeah, before then I was doing like guitars and like the cigar box guitars and, and then in between all that it's been been in a band and writing and playing music, so that was a big hobby and Yeah, so I kinda just enjoy collecting crafts and yeah. skills. I like to be busy. I think that's what it is. I like to be busy.
0: Do you think you'll fall out of Leathercraft then?
1: I really hope not. Yeah. This is the first... I think what's different about leather, it's the first one that I've actually made money from. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it's not not that, that that's exactly why I'm doing it, but all the other hobbies kind of fizzled out because either, you know, it's becoming too expensive or I've kind of achieved everything that I wanted to achieve and I kind of lost a bit of interest but this is the first hobby that i can actually see turning into something more mm-hmm. like i'm kind of at a stage where i'm like oh i would love to just like take a day off of work to like really push this leather craft because it's kind of building enough momentum for me to kind of start considering that
0: yeah
1: but that's a that's a that's a big risk to take and like i said i've got a married two kids and it's like potential drop of a day yeah. to pursue a hobby but a hobby that is kind of quickly becoming, you know, like a more substantial business. Mm-hmm. But, and my dream has always been to kind of do a job where I'm, well, like be my own boss, but also make something for a customer, for a consumer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So kind of feels like it's, it's, it's getting there slowly.
0: Yeah. So, so yeah. what's your, what's your biggest like seller then?
1: Uh, The bookmarks last year were the biggest seller, but the bookmarks kind of kept things rolling. I don't think I have – I don't really have one main seller. I I just – I've just had a lot of opportunities to meet customers who want stuff. And like I said, I don't really say no, so I've kind of been able to do a wide variety of things from like belts, wallets, bags, cases, um, like journal covers – I've got a guitar strap coming up. Mm
0: -hmm. So,
1: yeah, it hasn't really been one thing specifically. Yeah. Yeah.
0: What, What makes me, like, so fascinating is, like, when I see, like, some of you guys, like, even you or, like, Dagger or something like that, where you guys, like, started... Well, he started 2020, you started 2019. It's, like, your skills have, like, grown, like, phenomenal, like... Like, I was scrolling back to like some of my old stuff on Instagram, and it's like my like it took me so long to get my like saddle stitching like right. It's like, <laughs> is it because there's just so much information?
1: Yeah, you know what I think. Perhaps when when I started or when Dagger started, there was a lot more content available yeah. for learning. And I mean, considering I had never really even heard of it. The, the content coming out even now is like, it's in, it must have exploded. I re, I'm wondering if tanneries around the world are just like scratching their heads and trying to figure out like what's going on with like, what, like why they're selling so much leather. Like I reckon the craft has exploded. Like if you go through Instagram, man, you can find hundreds and hundreds of all of us doing the exact same thing, you know? And I think COVID probably had a big part of that. You know, people at home wanting to learn a new skill, and mm-hmm. but yeah, no, I don't know. I think, I think, like I said, like I, I like crafts and hobbies and making things, and I tend to not do them unless I think I can do well, or if at least I convince myself to push myself. And I think that's what it was. I just, I wasn't satisfied with certain, a uh, certain level of skills that I was getting. I like I had to push myself to get to a level where I was happy. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I I don't know, I just yeah. If I I feel like as well, if I want to swim, you know, with the big boys, I got to deliver the goods. So <laughs> with the big I, boys. I was about I be like I'd be embarrassed if I wasn't happy with what I was posting. And another thing I think as well, when you don't know the maker, we tend to kind of just like I said, you see what they want us to see, and you can kind of think, oh, they must be super busy, or they must be selling heaps. And then, like, you know, you get to know them and you have a chat behind the scenes and they're all like, yeah, I haven't sold anything in, like, six months, you know. And, like, right. I've had that period at the beginning of the year. Like, I don't think I sold anything for, like, two months and it's just picking up a lot now. So I think we can kind of see what they want us to see and we can kind of think, oh, how are they doing that or, you know, they must be doing so well or so successful. But, you know, the reality is usually a bit different to what we show on social media. Yeah,
0: that's just the, uh... I don't yeah. know, it's crazy, isn't
1: it? Yeah, it is, man. That's very crazy. <laughs>
0: um, what was I gonna say? Yeah, so, what was the reason you like? How did you choose your brand name, Lighthouse? Ha- yes. Yeah, so I remember thinking,
1: yeah, I thought, yeah, I need, I need a logo. I need a, a brand. Um, I can't remember exactly why I chose the lighthouse. I have always enjoyed lighthouses, like, and my mum is. Canadian, so I'm actually from Canada. Oh, really? So I born, born in Canada, came here in like '97, but I lived in Canada and the US till I was about seven or eight. Um, so my f- mom's family is from like a small island off of Canada called Newfoundland. It's like their New It's like their Tasmania. You know, um, heaps of lighthouses out there. So it's kind of always liked lighthouses. Bit of a connection there with family. And I was like, I didn't want to spend heaps of time trying to figure out what it was going to be. I'm like, that's it. Lighthouse Leather coat, Like, everyone's doing the Co, you know. The Co. So, yeah. <laughs> and Co, Leather Co. It just kind of worked. So, kind of picked it, picked uh, some stock image logo, and then eventually my wife helped me design the one I have now. Okay. But, um, yeah, I just like the idea of a lighthouse, too, you know, kind of standing in a storm as a beacon, you know, to help. One of my, kind of my unofficial slogan for a while was Save the Lost so Lighthouse Leather Co. Save the Lost, just kind of representing what a lighthouse like stands for. But, uh, yeah, really, it seems to be very well-received, the logo. People tend to comment on the logo, like they enjoy it. I don't know.
0: Well, cause like, I'm pretty happy with it. There's a there's a map in a, in this South Australian museum, or it's one of them, it's, I think it's the museum, or it's, no, in the state library, <clears throat> There's this map of, map of South Australia, and on the map, is like all where all the lighthouses were. No, nah. it's like you forget like you need lighthouses like if you're traveling oh, yeah. by a ship, well, you're just gonna like yeah hit totally. The, like... And Australia is a giant
1: coastal country. Yeah, there must have been there must have been hundreds of thousands of lighthouses back in the day. Yeah, I actually had a lighthouse gotten in com- got in contact with me like two or three weeks ago. This couple had just bought a lighthouse on a 10 year lease and turning it into an Airbnb that's cool. and they, they ordered like a bunch of keychains cause they liked the logo. Oh, I think they're going to cool. use them for the, like the door keys. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. That was so cool. And it yeah. wouldn't,
0: and you'd think that it was like from their business, I guess. Yeah. It's a lighthouse. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. That's right. I said, if you ever want merchandise, like
0: yeah. <laughs> that's cool.
1: Yeah. That was pretty cool. That's mm-hmm. the first time that happened
0: yeah what would they lo used to light the lighthouses? was it like oil or
1: no the lighthouses were to oh like what would they use yeah, they light yeah had they light Ooh. the oh back in the day yeah it would have been like oil lamps and then like a rotating mirror system like mm. to kind of amplify the light but I think now it's all like electrical like electrical lights and stuff yeah, but they're so cool have a cool structure.
0: Where our old shack used to be, like when you if you used to go out in the boat, the the boat ramp light used to be different. To it'd be a different colour to like your normal lights. It'd be like an orangey, yellowy colour. So you could actually tell where the boat ramp like was. Oh yeah, yeah, mad. That's like the modern day version of a light. Yeah, yeah,
1: that's right. It's just indicating where they can go or how to properly travel. Yeah, that's yeah, you awesome. Forget
0: about lighthouses that actually exist. Yeah, man. Like,
1: there's there's a lot that kind of gets forgotten.
0: Mm.
1: Even leathercraft in itself, you know, it's like it's, I mean, it seems popular now, but it's it's still a an, an old, like, it's an ancient skill. Leather's been around since the dawn of time. Like, people have used leather, so it, it so is an old world. It tambouries. is an old world skill.
0: There's yeah. So many different tan tannage yeah. skills.
1: And leather has been super important throughout history. In oh, yeah. Terms Even, of like, like,
0: as a commodity, like... Yeah,
1: yeah. And armor, and construction... Yeah. waterproof that was used for, like, you know, like, drinking vessels. It's just... It's crazy. It has an amazing history.
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah. Dude, like... And it's only been in the past four years where it's boomed. Yeah. Like, 2010... Do you even care about leather? Like, if you had, a, if you yeah. had like, a leather wallet, you wouldn't really... Oh, yeah, this is cool, like...
1: Even in the US, like, it was a... It wasn't really... I guess modern-day leather crafting, I guess, what we're talking about. It's definitely only been, like, really boomed in, like, the last, you know, five to six years.
0: Yeah. And, and I wonder what those tanneries were doing, like, if they were struggling...
1: You know what? The, the established ones, I don't think so. Because, like, the, the, the Italian ones are all based in Tuscany. Like, that's where all, like, the official, you know, the Tuscan leather stamp kind of comes from. They would have been, I mean, upholstery, that's huge. You know, upholstery is massive. High-end leather goods, massive. Clothing, like, jackets and pants. So, But in terms of, like, personal leather sales, I reckon that's boomed. And like, as in, like, individuals purchasing leather as opposed to them just, you know, having contracts with big, big companies. Mm. Yeah. So, and now a lot of them, you know, they've all got an Instagram account and they, they can see the, the importance of uh, reaching out like, you know, the, the, the younger generation through social media.
0: What, what's also as well, um, the, the fact of like online sale as well, like online yeah. sales, like, Back in, like, you know, because online shop shopping is crazy to think about. That's only, like, 2013, I guess. Like, that was when it was, like, a real, like, started taking off, I guess. Yeah. And, like, what I mean is that, like, you're not restricted to your leather shop in your...
1: Yeah, that's right. You located, like, to...
0: you're just, like, worldwide. You can go yeah. Italy or England right. or America or...
1: it's Yeah. Global. Yeah global market
0: so uh I, I, the next one was like what items would you like to make in the future but i guess that was like the briefcase one
1: briefcase apron guitar strap <laughs> big three
0: so okay so how do you look at leather products now that you're a leather crafter
1: <laughs> with with extreme judgment and scrutiny yeah i, I literally like I pick up my friend's stuff or like wallets or bags. And I'm just like, this is junk. See this? See this? No, I like, I tend to I judge it harshly. When you understand the levels of quality in a product, you can't help but kind of view anything that claims to be leather through those eyes. You know,
0: mm-hmm. when
1: you when you find out about genuine leather and you know top grain and full grain and stuff, uh, and you realize that people who are like, hey, I got this belt and this wallet. It's genuine leather. You know that you realise that people really don't know anything about the product, you know? Yeah. They only they only know what's being marketed to them. I mean, I went to an RM Williams store the other day and they have amazing stuff and like their top end leather goods are incredible. But I guarantee if everyone thinks that it's all Australian made. But I went into the, their wallet section and they were all made in Bangladesh or Pakistan. And said clear as day on the leather. So I think you need to I can't help but Look and look for that kind of stuff, like where is it being made, where is it being produced, what type of leather is it? Is this been lined? Is this you know? Is this a solid piece,
0: mm-hmm.
1: or is it you know two pieces glued with you know some filler in the middle, especially with belts?
0: I know it's it's crazy because like uh yeah because Iron Williams they do have their like Australian line and then yes, they have, that's like, right their more international yeah line because yeah whenever I when I when I go into the shop. Like clothing store, I go like, make sure I go to the belts. Look at the belts. Yeah, and it's like, these uh, yeah, I'm always looking like at the belts now. ripped off. Like you, you spend yeah. so much money on like a piece of garbage. It's like... And I
1: think we've talked about this in in the chat a whole bunch of times. we uh, we always it's like, oh, you know, they're selling this for this price, and I can barely sell my wallet for this price. But at the end of the day, the people aren't really interested in the material; they're interested in the branding, and so they're more. Than willing to to part with their money if they know the brand is strong and will be recognised with people, but are very hesitant when they 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 not might know it's handmade, but they don't. No one else knows the brand, you know. Yeah, I think the brand is what holds the power. It's not necessarily the the quality of the product or the material. It's it's the brand.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah, so it's good business. Obviously, they're they're doing well with their business structure. You no. Know? capitalist market
0: well yeah i guess that's the thing because like um i guess if you feel connected to that brand because you know like you know a belt's a belt you know like Mm. there's you know it's a piece of leather with a buckle and five holes punched in or six holes pretty much punch into it and it's like you you choose things on the um the the uh yeah, it's just it's just a different. It's like a different. It's a completely different world. Like how I look at things now is so different. It's like you totally. take you take it apart in your head. Like when you look yeah, at I do. That's why I'm excited to do markets because uh, yeah, just to be able to see people in real yeah, life as opposed definitely. to just like make sure all my po my pictures are like beautiful so people look at them. Whereas like yeah, man, you know, I did I did a market 2018 Christmas Christmas market and and I loved it. Like it's just yeah. I think as well so you get to have that connection with the
1: customer and they get to have that connection with you it's like they're meeting the maker of their product that they're buying like I think that that's a very valuable story as well mm. that's a, like a valuable connection and yeah I, I think as well it gives you an opportunity to educate people in in that small amount of time that you get to deal yeah. with them
0: yeah
1: it's kind of like so my my kind of envisionment for a market like I want to have my stuff set up but I would love to have a little table with some of my half-finished products, and while they're looking, I'm making. Yeah. You know what I mean? So they can kind of understand that this has all been made by hand, and kind of visualize the process, and kind of just allows them to understand what it is that they're, they're paying for. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I think I think that's the markets are a great opportunity to for you to kind of connect with yeah. with people. Yeah.
0: What's the Arizona collection? Arizona. Ooh,
1: Arizona! I've got some Arizona right next to me, actually. Yeah,
0: what is that like?
1: It's it's been milled, so I think it's it's a little bit softer. Yeah, yeah, it's quite flexible and pliable. Not, I wouldn't say super soft, but it's it's got um, it's good for bags. Like it would be, it would make an awesome tote bag. I'm making some zip clutches at the moment out of it. Um, oh,
0: has that like grainy?
1: Yeah, it's got, like, a nice kind of texture to it. A bit okay, bumpy. Yeah. I don't know if that's natural or if that's been milled, like, um, added. But it it, it is nice. I've, I've got that in black and purple.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I enjoy it. It's still, it still burnishes well, too. It's a nice vegetable tan leather.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The, the tannery that makes them, Concorsia... La Britannia or Britagna. They're awesome. They've got some great stuff. I think they do Dakota. They do Gacha Oil. Um, they do the Arizona. Yeah, they're really popular. Yeah. Cool tannery.
0: I just want to look at that Dakota again. Missouri. What do you use for belt? Like your belt leather?
1: I get my belt leather from Birdsall. Um I buy. They, they have some nice Italian. They just call it Italian double butt. Um, like the cut, um, belt leather. It's beautiful.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I really like it. They got three colors. It's nice and thick. Um, keen to try a few other, I'd love to get some Wicked and Craig, like some thick harness leather and make a belt Cause I would just patina. Amazing. Yeah. But, um, they pretty much, you can, they, they offer so many good leathers in belt thickness. I think gaucho oil has it as well. Um, I'd love to see a belt in, in Pueblo
0: <laughs> but I haven't seen it offered that I haven't seen it offered that thick. Well they're, they're usually a, it's usually a shoulder leather the pleb. Uh, okay So it probably wouldn't be enough.
1: No nah, definitely not.
0: So um, so have you ever thought about making like a bifold wallet like a traditional bifold wallet? I
1: have, but I've always struggled with the dimensions. I find when I kind of put it together, it just it just I can't get a size or shape that I'm happy with. I don't know what it is about that style of wallet that I find so difficult, but I think it's the it very quickly gets very boxy and large horizontally. I've just never really been a a, a big fan of that. So I need to come up with a design that I guess can hold enough cards without becoming a giant square in my pocket. Mm-hmm. so that that's my fear with with the more traditional bifold.
0: yeah, yeah. Do, you, do you like the like the rounded edges or the small square or... I'm
1: looking for a rounded
0: edge really
1: I, yeah i, I think yeah. as well it comes down to the leather because sometimes if they're just a bit too soft like pueblo for instance if i and if i have a square edge it tends to it'll squish eventually i think that just needs to be round if it's nice and stiff if it's the butter if it's, like, gaucho oil, you can kind of leave it a, a touch more square. But I do – but, yeah, there's something almost too casual about a rounded corner. I think, like, the the prestigious look is, you know, as square as possible. But I I, I would say I lean more towards the casual vibe of leather work as opposed to the, the prestigious yeah. or, like, the luxury. So I've had a few customers kind of like, oh, can you emulate this kind of brand? And I'm like, it's not really my vibe. Like,
0: Oh, I really? Think, like what?
1: <laughs> yeah, like... Yeah, like, I don't know. What's a couple of brands? Like Mont Blanc or Gucci for men or whatever. Like, that's just not really my style. Like, I wouldn't even want to attempt it. Just because, I mean, I like them, but I just don't think it suits me as a builder.
0: Mm-hmm. I
1: think that's why I enjoy... <laughs> I think that's why i enjoyed low tide so much because he was just like like his wallets are like a true reflection of him he's really laid back and chilled I'm like, yeah man your wallets are just that you were chilled they are chilled yeah and laid back so I think that's where I sit as a crafter
0: actually with my edges i don't do mine aren't actually square like what I do like with my edges i'll cut like a teeny diagonal off, like, I try and yeah, get, yeah. like, the most, and at least, it's, it's kind of like a, it's not a square, but it's not a round. Oh, nice. It's sort of a good in-between, so you could do that that's if good... you... Actually, that is a good idea. I should try, try that. Yeah. I'm always like, it has to be this or that. Like, probably can't even see.
1: Oh, yeah, that's, like, it's, a, that's, like, that's a tiny... Nice. It's, like, a super tiny radius.
0: Yeah, like, if you just, like, take this little, and you try and do it on, like, a 45 degree angle, like, yeah, yeah, take no, the I get teeniest but off, because...
1: And by the time you've burnished it as well, it kind of takes a bit of the sharpness off of those two points left as well. Then.
0: That's yeah, and fun. it sort of yeah, because it sort of keeps that. Show us that wallet. I want to see the inside.
1: I still have the first wallet I made. Is what I use. Like oh, what? The first <laughs> vertical bifold. I made it out of. Well, my that first, actually that actually is my first. first
0: that is actually my first vertical bifold.
1: Yeah, that's sick. Mine's uh, it was all it's all kangaroo, but I had some tan kangaroo. It's patinaed so nice. Oh
0: yeah,
1: it, 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 it almost patinas slower than your, your other leathers. Mm. This is just this is nice. It's kind of darkened. It's but still nice and soft. Yeah, it's like a, a template from it's a Hanatelia template actually that I used for it. Yeah, one of my first wallets.
0: Yeah, kangaroo's nice
1: when it patinas. Yeah. It, it, Reacts differently than other leathers. It's like, because the pores are so tight, I think it absorbs oil slower. Like, in my mind, that's Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of what's happening. But,
0: yeah. uh, Yeah, Uh, yeah, I had a a kangaroo wallet that I had, and the outside patinaed amazing, but the inside didn't really patina at all.
1: Yeah, yeah, (laughs) I could almost say the same about mine. The inside almost looks exactly the same. Yeah. That's pretty cool. And then you you get... And then Pueblo, I don't know if you like, always coming back to this leather, but that patina
0: so quickly. Oh, I made I, So they, quickly. What do they do with it? Like, is it true that they just rub a wire brush on it? No,
1: no. So what they do to get those looks is they roll ball bearings all over it. And that's how you get that kind of... Little, these little rounded scratch effects. So well, wow. But the Pueblo, I made a wallet for my mum, and it gets really shiny and darkens. Like, yeah. it's, it's really cool. And it, yeah, it changes very quickly.
0: See, like, I like Pleblo. I like the... Because I, I like that more, that smooth look. And, like, yeah, the Pleblo goes yeah. against that. like Totally. But, I, but totally. I like it. But it's like, is it possible yeah. to try and make it... I remember I did see this other guy, and he actually was making... He made Pueblo look it looked really good. I
1: think it yeah, I think it also comes down to like the build techniques and finishing styles But yeah, I have seen also people use it make it look quite luxurious
0: like you like you can and you can match like if you can match the threat like different threads Oh, yeah, like some amazing
1: color combinations too. It's pretty cool
0: Actually, do you you condition your leather when you make it?
1: Ah, I haven't I, I did for a little bit I got some R.M. Williams leather conditioner, which was really nice. It was like a lanolin and beeswax kind of mix. But with the Pueblo, which I was using a lot of, it's super absorbent and it darkens the leather like heaps. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: I was a bit like, oh, I don't know if I really like that. But I feel like I should be conditioning the leather for the sake of the customer, just even giving it longevity. Because a good condition can last... Quite a quite a long time, especially with Pueblo. Just it sucks it all in. It holds it, gives it a yeah you know, nice hydration. Because I feel like Pueblo can dry out quite quickly because of the way it is. Mm-hmm. Because it feels quite matte and porous. Whereas buttero, you kind of got that. It feels a bit more sealed on the surface, and I think that would kind of keep it protected. So I think depending on the leather, I should probably condition it a bit more. I want to yeah, yeah. try Smith. I want to try Smiths. You know, the Smiths Balm that everyone raves about?
0: Yeah. I wonder why they're so...
1: I think it just comes down to advertising. I think they've been... They've kind of jumped on that Instagram market and they've got yeah. some good good crafters repping them. I mean, yeah. I think, I'm sure it's a great product, but... Um, I think a lot of... So, leathers existed for ages, right? <laughs> so, there's all these old-school companies with, I'm sure, heaps of better gear, better creams, lotions, knives but if they're not up to date with advertising and marketing and kind of connecting with the new the new generation of crafters then they're going to miss out and someone else is going to step in who kind of does understand connecting with them yeah and I, I and i think that's kind of what's happening with a few of the existing tanneries in australia like they're great like don't get me wrong but i just feel like they are out of touch with the new crafting generation, they're still stuck in that old school, you know, whip making, you know, saddle making kind of style of leather. Yeah. So I think if they really want to help the Aussie market with what we were talking about before, I think they also need to kind of and connect better with the next generation. They might miss out on the boom that's currently happening. Like imagine, imagine if we had like a European style tannery in Australia. Because I would love to buy more Australian leather, and there is some good stuff. I haven't tried much of it, but because I like to, I also like to touch the leather before I buy it. Like yeah. I struggle to buy leather that I've never really been able to kind of get my hands on. Mm-hmm. So it's hard for me to kind of like invest in some of these Australian leathers. One because they tend to only sell full hides. And it's like, well, I can't really drop $400 and then not be happy with it. I think they need, I don't know, get a bit more accessible to the, the new crafting market while still respecting, you know, the old traditions and what, what have you. But I just think they're missing out on a lot of potential business yeah. from, you know, potentially hundreds of us in Australia who are taking up leather craft.
0: Right. Yeah. I had to do like an international bank transfer.
1: Yeah, same. I've never
0: done that in my life. Like that was the first Me time I've ever done. I had to like it like the IBAN number. And
1: yes, I did that actually. It's funny you say that. I did that for the first time this week as well. I'm like, do you guys not have like a PayPal portal or something? Just like, I can just, just set up a Shopify. Just
0: watch a YouTube yeah.
1: tutorial. <laughs> yeah, I know. I had to do this international transfer. I'm like, what is? This? Does my bank even do this? Luckily, it did. But I
0: had to ring up the bank and be like, um. And they're like, is this legit? I was like, yeah, it's legit. Yeah,
1: yeah, I know. I'm like, oh, please don't let me get a number wrong and send the money to some random yeah, person. Yeah, it's,
0: like, it's like trying to find the bank, like, on the international web. It's like,
1: yeah, I would like ne-
0: random, click on the it's like, bank and transfer it in. It's like you ain't never getting your money back. <laughs> oh, it goes through straight away. Like, once you click send, like, it's gone. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It is crazy.
1: I guess that that number is, like, specific to that bank in that country to that customer.
0: Yeah, it's like... It has like their yeah like the bank, their account number, yeah all in the iPad. all in one, yeah. which is
1: pretty handy to be honest.
0: Yeah, but man, like <laughs> that's so like you know, you go like shop like go on someone's website, it's like PayPal yeah. done too easy. Yeah. Whereas I know what are actually what tools do you use? Um, um do you like pricking eyeing? Prick iron, so, pricking irons, or do you so, use stitching chisels, or... So, yeah, so I use pricking irons, the
1: Japanese style, yeah. so the diamond
0: diamond chisels, so I... I... always get confused, so which one, like, the diamonds, the straight ones, or the angled ones?
1: Diamonds are angled, Okay. so, kind of like, wait, what's what's a diamond? How do I do a diamond? No, oh, I can't do it.
0: But, so yeah. they're the angled ones, they're not the straight y- ones? No, no they're angled
1: so it's like yeah t- t- picture a box on its side and it's kind of like that yeah yeah,
0: yeah it's it's yeah. not
1: just the individual slants like in the, the french style so I, I stumbled upon Oka Oka tools pretty early on they're a japanese tool making company so i started buying from them and i, I just love their stuff it's good good quality made equipment um but i've always loved the the diamond pricking irons i just recently bought some french style irons i just i don't know if i really enjoy them like i I don't know what it is about i just like the way that i like the look of the holes in the wallet does that make sense you know they're not discreet that's what i'm saying like they're, they're quite visible and i think it kind of just accents the piece so i've always enjoyed them but in terms of tools i've got a litany of tools I enjoy Palo Santo, they make the best, that edge beveler, it just changed my life when I got it. Yeah, it's, I want to get well, one the, of them. It's the best investment I've ever made. Yeah, especially because I was using a lot of thin leather, and my previous beveler just, it couldn't do it, it just chewed it up, and I would get, you know when it kind of like, its it doesn't roll smoothly across the edge, and it kind of, it gives you like these little tears, so on You mean
0: but, like, goes like...
1: Kr- kr-. Yeah. Yeah, like it doesn't go smooth, and so you get these like these bunny hopping marks, and yeah. But I've got a
0: yeah variety of tools. Um, Do you? Uh, yeah, because I I, I want to know like the about the Palo Santo, the uh, yeah. It's quite expensive.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah, so it's worth it, man. I'm telling you, you just get one. I got a zero size zero. That seems to be the most popular. Yeah. Um. It, it, yeah, it's just keep it sharp it just Mm -hmm. glides Mm -hmm. it's i i i do find uh, i'm a big advocate for the importance of tools i think i think good tools do help you build better products um i don't think just having all the best tools will create great products but it'll definitely assist you i think martin again mentioned um like sharp tools are very important like If your all your tools are super sharp, it's just like it makes everything easier and more accurate and cleaner. So I I think there's there's some tools that are uh, important to have. Like I would say most of my tools are like medium medium range, and then but then for the edge beveler, I was like, no, I need a good I need a good beveler. Yeah. So. Do you
0: use an all?
1: I've only just started using an awl actually, Yeah. and it's it's changed my stitching quite a bit. Yeah. Um, I still puncture all the way through with my irons depending on the thickness, but then before I stitch, I'll hit every single hole now with the awl, and.
0: Oh, okay, yeah.
1: I find it just makes the back the back hole the exit hole just super clean. Yeah. And um, my awl is actually created specifically for my stitching iron so it's in the the shape of the four mil ochre stitching iron
0: wow okay so I'm... it
1: goes through and gives me and it's it's diamond shaped as well my all so it gives me the perfect hole all the way through of my stitching irons that's made a huge difference
0: yeah yeah because I, I i my all i've only like recently sharp like learned how to sharpen it
1: yeah, I need to. I need to learn. I'm terrible at sharpening. But anything.
0: I think the because it should be more pointed. I made. I've made it a bit more rounder, and <laughs> needs to be. A bit... But it's not that hard to, to make it yeah. pointer. You just have to. I
1: yeah. would love to learn how to sharpen better. I know Martin did his video on sharpening, and it was incredible. And I encourage everyone to. to
0: oh, I, oh! I've learned. Yeah, I've only recently learned how to sharpen, and it's made a huge yeah. difference. And because they- you can just get like sandpaper from.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: You just need a it's like
1: a super flat surface, like a marble slab. Stick a bit of sandpaper to that, you know, and go for it. But, well, but I just
0: It's actually if you use water like on your you have to use the water and usually the water sticks to the marble so that yeah. it keeps your sandpaper.
1: Oh, well, perfect. <laughs> I've got a I've got a Polsanter skiving knife as well, but I just find I chipped it, right? It was super annoying. So I tried to sand it down, like sharpen it with like a stone and kind of bring it back to clean it up. But ever since then, I can't seem to get it super sharp anymore. So I mm-hmm. really need, that's the thing I need to learn. I want to know how to make my knife scary sharp because with Skyving, yeah. if your knife is not sharp, you just ruin your project every time. I think investing in some tools, like not every tool needs to be expensive, but it's like the ones that are, like, yeah, it's just, I guess, the important, the important few.
0: Yeah, yeah, but um, this is my mistake with it because, um, like it was right like it was sharp as, but then it gets like blunt really easily. Yes, I I
1: exactly know exactly what you're talking about. It's like I can get it sharp, and then within two or three like yeah. skives, I'm like it's blunt again. Like it's not maintaining, like its level of sharpness. And now I don't know if that comes down to the type of steel because some some different metals hold. A sharper edge for longer
0: mm. so it could
1: come down to the metal that it's being made from but i've i've that's funny you say that because that's what's been frustrating because i have gotten it close to being sharp like after a good strop but then it's like i got to keep stropping like every four or five cuts
0: yeah i know it's to like, kind of maintain that that edge and you can feel it because like it feels like razor razor sharp and then it doesn't have that razor sharp, like, it, it sort of just starts like, it's like a slippery slope, like, after
1: yeah. that. Well, it could be as well, like, it's super sharp, right, but because it's so sharp, it means the tip, the, the cutting point, like that, the tip of the spear is super thin, super yeah, tiny. Yeah, that's true. So it could be, and leather is quite tough, and it could be that, because it's so small and thin, that the cuts are actually wearing down that super, super tip of an edge. Yeah. So, but, but I remember when I first got my Palo Santo skiving knife, it was sharp for ages until I stuffed it up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, yeah, I don't know if it's like I'm not hitting it at the
0: right angles when I go through the sharpening,
1: but it's definitely something I need to work on. I'm always worried that the angle is wrong and I'm just ruining, yeah. like, the edge.
0: Yeah, that's what, that's sort of similar. Like I feel like ever since I went like through directly vertical to, like, shave, like, shape, like to send that at, like the real tip off is just stuffed up laid <laughs> mm. so
1: I've also recently started using my skivy knife to cut straight lines and I was always a bit weary yeah. of it it's it, that's actually helped me a lot actually I find I can get a straighter cut with my Skyvy knife than I can with a ruler and a razor it's so weird
0: oh, like I can get you don't just use your like normal box cutter well I I was for yeah. a long time, and then
1: I just started, you know, sc- scratching my my templates into the leather a bit, and then letting the skyrim knife kind of sit in those small grooves, yeah. Just line it up and pull it towards me. I just find it's it's straighter. Like I, I get cleaner cuts. It was a bit harder to to master. I mean, yeah. I haven't mastered it. It got a bit harder to use at first, but um, I find I can cut out my wallet pieces so much better,
0: yeah,
1: and more accurately than. Than with the razor, yeah, yeah, yeah that so, was, that's a good.
0: So these pricking irons that I have, I'm just trying to. Would these be the French style or the I don't know, like are they the dye? Di- oh, you probably can't even see. That looks like French. Okay. Yeah, that's French. So pricking they're not. Ions. They're not diamond.
1: No. So it's just like the slant.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Is there a different benefit between?
1: Uh I'm not sure. I think it just comes down to application. Yeah. And I think the way the thread sits in the in the um, the thread sits in the holes. Yeah, I think those ones can be. I think they penetrate the leather a bit better. I think they can be sharpened a bit better than the diamond one. The diamond ones can.
0: Oh yeah, because you'd have four corners.
1: Yeah. So, um, but like I said, I've got a pair, but I bought a really small pair, so I had to buy some really small needles. So I'm waiting on the needles to come to really. Yeah. give them a go but um
0: yeah my yeah. expertise on like like i don't even know what size needles i got like i've been using them from since the start it's like yeah i don't know how to match needles with holes well, and...
1: yeah yeah i think
0: i the only reason i changed
1: needles was because i started using like really th- thin thread so I kind of just...
0: Oh, yeah. More
1: I'm like, more match the needle to the thread. I've only used two sizes. I've got, like, a large and a small, so... Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, let me just... What thread do you use?
1: Back um, oh, yeah, so... I was just using, like, a generic thread from anywhere. And then I started using the Vimeo, Vimeo thread. But I don't like it that much. Um, I find... If I've got a long piece to stitch, I find the thread will fray where it enters the needle, no matter what I do, and I find that really frustrating.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so I've been using thread of messy. Um, right, yeah. I think I'm saying that right. It's awesome. I get the, the polyester, can't remember what it's called, but it's pre-waxed. It's Is just it really nice.
0: Is it that she
1: I think so. Yeah, what's, an, what's messy like?
0: Cause, uh...
1: It's good, I love it. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I think I use yeah. that more than anything. Um, I've only got, th- I've got the generic colors with the messy like black, tan, white. So I, I smash through them, and then all my Vimeo is all my like nice colors, mm-hmm. my my red, purple, gold, white. Yeah. So just, just is that just linen thread or is that polyester? Polyester, it's all poly.
0: Okay.
1: I haven't used linen thread.
0: You haven't? Yeah, I <laughs> I got that shouldn't like
1: oh yeah, that, that expensive one.
0: Yeah, it is expensive yeah, it's expensive. Where do you get that messy thread from?
1: I was buying it from them direct, um, but I think there's a few suppliers creeping around now with them. Mm-hmm. But it's lasted me so long I haven't had to look for anyone else until it runs out. But I am, I will be in need of it soon.
0: Does it look like does it look like linen thread? Like how does it look?
1: It looks because I got the thinner gauge. I think the point fifty five mil.
0: Yeah, that's what I would use. Yeah, it's like. Do you have a picture of like the white one, so I can sort of have
1: a. I don't actually. Do a... uh, I'm nowhere near the workshop. <laughs> um, it's really yeah. It's it's thin and waxy. I don't know how to describe it.
0: Well, why don't you use the messy and the coloured thread?
1: Yeah, I just. I think I just had heaps of Vimeo. I just haven't used it. Okay, I think okay. if if I do an order, I'll definitely get like probably ten or fifteen colors. I like I like pairing with a couple of my wallets. I got the, this three pocket card holder. I've kind of just started enjoying making every single one of them different. So like different colors of leather, like two 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 leather choices, and like, it's just been fun kind of keeps it interesting
0: i sort of want to do something similar it's like i like the uh the envelope design yeah yeah the the thread i like that
1: yeah that that thread on the outside isn't structural at all that's just like for design so it's really just like it was the easiest template to come up with it's just like a folded piece of paper with like an envelope top and then i just stitched in on the on the front those two lines there to kind of make it look like an envelope, but it's not constructed like an envelope. Oh, okay, yep. Oh, yeah.
0: Good job, though, because uh, you had me fooled.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> I like
1: that leather, that color. I built. Is that Bordeaux? Yeah, Bordeaux what? Pueblo. Yeah, I love that color. Burgundy. Burgundy. Sorry, that's the one.
0: Wow, wouldn't well, I have thought.
1: Yeah, that was really nice.
0: Did you sell that one or?
1: Yeah, that was for um just a customer. She was like, oh, I want like an envelope. Yeah.
0: Envelope clutch thingy. I'm
1: like, okay, I can do that.
0: Okay. So how, how did you choose that leather for it then? Oh, the I customer. let her, cho- I
1: let her choose. It was more like, she wanted a color. And I was like, well, this is the supply that I have. And this is the colors that they have. And so I kind of let her just choose that way. Yeah. Right, that's cool. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I try to let the customer choose as much as possible but they kind of backfire sometimes they can get a bit picky and I'm like guys I'm not like I'm not like a a-list fashion designer all right these are what this is the style that I do yeah pick something within that realm like I'm happy to be pushed but like I think sometimes we can get frustrating as a maker is like you have a design and a set style and you have your products and people are like hey that's cool but can you do this and can you do that and can you add this and that's where it can get a bit time consuming because you're mm-hmm. constantly having to start from scratch. And it's like, but I have all these designs. Like use my designs. Like use what I know, like what I'm confident with rather yeah. than always trying to chop and change. Because now I've started with, I find it hard to price things. Like <laughs> people are like, give me, give me a quote. And I'm like, oh, oh, and then you underquote and then you lose money. So now it's like, these are the colors I have and this is the price. If you want another color, if I have to order it in, it goes up, because every time, like if you've already got the stock, you know it's it's cheaper for you to produce. But if I'm constantly ordering, like people just tend to never want the colors I have, and that, mm. that can get a bit, that can get frustrating.
0: Yeah,
1: because you're constantly ordering, and then usually you're over ordering, and then you're left over with it, and then, yeah, yeah, it can cost a fair bit. Yeah, yeah,
0: actually, yeah, I did a pipe roll for someone. last year
1: mad I want
0: to do one and uh, the guy sent me a picture of what he wanted to look like and I'm not even I made it like to a T. yeah (laughs) that's one of the things I'm like pretty happy with is that like yeah he showed me a photo and I literally like replicated it like really good yeah so
1: that's mad uh, I love I'd love to do a pipe roll I've been wanting to do a chef roll I want someone to ask for a chef roll yeah, that would be fun to make.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, chef roll.
0: Mm-hmm. They look pretty cool. Yeah, with all the different knives and all
1: that. Yeah, man. What
0: would you use canvas for that? Like
1: a mixture between the that, two. Yeah, I think that'd be a good idea. Yeah. I think kind of to kind of give you like at least the main body out of like canvas to kind of give it the flexibility. But its canvas is quite durable as well. Um, but then, like, yeah, use leather for the like the slots and like some straps. Uh, they, it's a great combo. Uh, canvas and leather.
0: Would you rivet it, or would you stitch it? That's I've never a lot used, of sti- I've never used rivets actually.
1: Yeah, I haven't used them either. Like at least not those kinds of rivets, like the copper or brass ones. I've just kind of used the double cap rivets. Oh
0: yeah, not... yep, yeah. But
1: um, that'd be so much stitching <laughs> to 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 do that. But I enjoy stitching, so.
0: Yeah, sort of why. So. You
1: get getting the rhythm.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I'm stitching a tote bag at the moment. So. Oh,
1: that's a lot of that's a lot of stitching.
0: The little the little pony that I have is just like a little pony like a little pony. And yeah. it's just like it's on its horizontal yeah. Yeah, with like a pole. I and I've yeah, like, I've got some tiger thread and attached it to this clip to like hold the
1: Perfect. I usually use like a ruler like to kind of straighten it up and then clip the ruler to the piece. But yeah. if it's too big it just won't work.
0: <clears throat> yeah, have you seen that Dream Factory? the stitching pony is like you have like a ruler like a tat it like lifts up to hold ah uh, okay what stitching pony do you have The drink so that's the one that screws underneath and then yeah. You, yeah yeah just
1: stitch it Who that was, was it? that that was good too when i got that because i was using one that i had made for quite some time but this it's good i find if it's a big piece the thread's always snagging on something, which is annoying. Like as I'm pulling it up, it grabs onto the vice or it grabs onto the screw bolt, and it's like I just I just want to be
0: uninterrupted. <laughs> oh, I know exactly what <laughs> cool. you have. Like a, a so a, annoying a screw, like like a bolt that goes all the way through, and yeah, like it will catch on it, and it's just like it has to it has to pass the middle section of the pony for it not to snag on anything. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's hard. Ooh,
0: sorry. Uh, my dad actually made me that one, the uh, stitching pony. Mad. Cause uh, when I was looking at getting one, we were in we we're in the leather shop and they were selling them for like two hundred bucks. And dad wow. like, looked at it and dad, I don't know, it was, I'm not sure if it was two hundred dollars. It was it was quite expensive. And dad's like, oh, I can I make could. that. He's like, I could make that. What a legend. <laughs> Got like a like a hinge. Uh, like like one of those, like, door hinges for, like, the... Yeah, yeah,
1: I had one like that, too. Was it just, like, the two pieces of wood and one, like, one moves and one doesn't?
0: I'll just, I'll I'll send a photo of it to you, actually, because, uh... And, uh, it was, like, a piece of the... I tried to, I tried, when I got my stamp, I tried to stamp the... Do you know how everyone, like, everyone stamps the top with their stamp? But I maybe, haven't
1: done that yet. I haven't be- done that yet.
0: Because mine's, like, so patinaed and, like, so stiff and like, the leather hasn't been conditioned, it just wouldn't go through. The I'm yet yeah, plus to,
1: well. to personalise my one.
0: I'm, I'm too... Like, I would like to get another one, but it's, like, I don't want to, like... Because it's been with me since, like, I've ever first started leather work, and yeah.
1: it's uh it's got that nostalgic value.
0: Yeah. So it's been with me through thick and thin, all the thick leather, all the...
1: So right. When you get a new one, you'll forget about it quickly. <laughs> I'm telling you, like you, you get new tools and like, you like, you wonder how you ever did it before it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, that's how much of a, a game changer a couple of tools have been for me.
0: Yeah.
1: French, a good French edger is good as well. Yeah. The, I, got, uh,
0: I got one of them.
1: I love my French Edger.
0: What do you what do you use it for? Because like
1: Skyving. I use it for skyving.
0: Yeah, like T-pocket ties like this sometimes. Well,
1: I've been using it for all my skyving, actually, just because my knife hasn't been sharp enough to give me a nice clean skyve. Yeah. Whereas I know with my French Edger, I, I keep it really sharp. So it gives me, I can kind of control the skyve a bit more. Yeah. I can you know, go down in layers and get really accurate in some spots.
0: Yeah, I've my French edge, like, it'll go, it'll like, when I use it, it'll go like this. But like, oh, okay. the edges, like, it won't, I don't know, it's just, like, do, do you, when you strop it, do you just strop it on, like, a piece of leather? Like, you, you cut out, like, a thin piece of leather for it? Yeah. And yeah, then you exactly. You just strop it on the one side? Yeah.
1: Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, I do like... And so I had this wallet a couple of weeks ago. I've, re- I mean, remade it three times. And every time I, I chose a different black leather. The first time the Buttero, didn't like it, scratched up. Second time was the Wicked and Craig, didn't like it. Started again, bought Gaucho Oil Black. Lost so much money on this one build, but I learned a lot, so it was worth it, I guess.
0: But. What did you learn? Um,
1: I learned I don't like Buttero and <laughs> don't use black Wicked and Craig. And I think uh, also then you got to trust your design. I think I was worried about the design, so I kept tweaking it because I was like trying to suit the customer. What and then you trying to I was, like? oh, was just—it was just a vertical bifold. But I was like, "Oh, he probably wants a cash pocket. So let's pull a cash pocket." But it didn't like it. It didn't look good. In the end, I was just went to the customer. I go, "Look, I didn't tell him I had stuffed up. I just said I just want to confirm this is what you want, right?" I showed him a photo of some of the wallets I'd done. He said, like, "Yeah, that's what I want." And I was like, "It's almost like that's what I needed to hear." Uh, He just, like, he was happy with my product and that's what he wanted. Yeah. So I was having, you know, moments of self-doubt.
0: What's a, what, what did you not like about the black Buttero? Because I got some.
1: I don't know why I didn't like it. uh, It was scratching. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was both the issues were just the scratching. And, um, again, because I was trying to tweak the design as well, I'd never, you, it was the first time I was doing that. I was trying to add a bit of height to the beacon, like an extra pocket, and I just I didn't like it. I should have just designed it and built it the way I normally do. Yeah, so that's what that's what yeah. kind of ruined it.
0: So many pros what? and cons, honestly, with leathers. Yeah, fun. man. But if it was easy, it,
1: it wouldn't Everyone be as much sure. fun. <laughs> that's right. I think anything worth doing is always going to have an element of difficulty.
0: Yeah. That's good, man. Yeah, I know, like, I lose track that there's actually people that are starting out leather work, like, I've completely, like, I'm in my own little world, like, I forget that there's actually people who could have started this, like, this week or last week, like, yeah, yeah, do, do you get many sales over Instagram? Because I feel like Instagram's more of just, like, for leather workers. No,
1: definitely not. I've only just recently gotten a couple sales from Instagram, but that's, I'm always a bit weary of them, to be honest. I, uh, I don't know. Like, like I, um, like I definitely take a deposit from Instagram purchases. Um, I have a bad habit of like because most of the people I've sold to, I kind of know on some level or like a customer or something from the cafe. So I'm like, yeah, just fix it, fix me up when it's when it's finished. Like, there's no rush. Oh, yeah. But I'm I'm afraid on Instagram I'll do it and then they'll just disappear. So I'm like yeah, I'm taking a deposit, bro.
0: Can it deposit, bro? (laughs) Well, how did you get your Australian accent if you're? Oh, I've
1: been here. I've been here for twenty plus years, but I can switch over to American if you like. (laughs) If my parents were to call, then you know my accent gets a lot thicker. Yeah. (laughs) Nah, I'm. I'm, I consider myself an Australian now.
0: Yeah. Do so. You do? You have dual citizenship, or just the? Nah,
1: nah, full Aussie. Yeah, I should have gone jewel. I don't know why no, I, I, went I got all my families over there in the US still like all my mm. cousins and stuff so traveling's actually,
0: good actually if I was to make a shell called a van wallet I would do Pueblo as the interior
1: very different like contrasting texture. Yeah, that's
0: what like this this eagle dude he does like Yeah, this the contrast texture because that's what sort of yeah, that's what, I think that's what I would do I'd do the two different yeah. Do do it. do it. I've got
1: I've got a few like passion projects that I'm trying to get to, but there's so much other work beforehand. But I'm really wanting to do a shell wallet because I've got this red marbled shell and I want to do it with the the burgundy pueblo. It would look so good. Yeah. But let me get some other stuff done first.
0: Yeah. What um. Yeah. What would you want to do then? So what do you got to do now then? So I've got a briefcase I've got to start
1: and do. So I've got like... Did you yeah, get a template um, for that or? Um, I kind of looked at a bunch of templates and kind of tried to like mold it together and kind of make something a bit different. Yeah. But I'm, I'm a bit nervous. <laughs> it's a, the biggest project I've done and I think I've just been putting it off but I need to get it out of the way because then I've got yeah a couple wallets and uh, guitar straps to do.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then um, I've got a potential market that could be confirmed in May so I'll need a few weeks of just to to get ready for that yeah. but yeah. yeah and then Mother's Day is coming so I'm just kind of anticipating a little bit of pickup maybe on the Etsy shop there but yeah,
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. actually a tote bag out of Pueblo would look alright actually it's just annoying because there's so many colours like you know, yeah. one of the days of black, brown, tan—it's yeah, like burgundy cognac. and yellow cognac, and navy whiskey, and
1: blue and red. walnut, <laughs> almond. Nah, yeah. no, I get that. Turquoise. Yeah, Pueblo would be sick for a tote bag though, because it's got like a nice—it's got a nice feel to it at could, that size,
0: and you could trash I'm... it up like you could. Yeah. Just...
1: Oh yeah, I've got a—I've got like a half hide of cognac in Pueblo. And I, I remember holding it up, thinking this would make the sickest bag. This would be so good.
0: How, how does um, how does she go with all your leather talk? Because I I can talk to about leather. For like... She's
1: good. She's uh she's pretty much my um. anytime I finish a project, she'll be the first one to kind of have a look at it and uh, give me the thumbs up. She's also my gift wrapper. She's really good at that. Yeah, I'm terrible at gift wrapping, so she's did all my gift wrapping. Yeah. Actually, my wife helped me heaps. She did. Pretty much taught me how to do all the photography, would do all my editing, helped me with pick my logo, my first business card. So, yeah, very helpful.
0: Yeah. Actually, I might ask you on that quickly. So, photography, because oh, it's, it's such a huge thing. Uh, it's very hard. Photography, your photography is <laughs> quite nice. What service do you use? What so, originally it was
1: using, like I said, my wife took all my photos and that was just lit naturally in like with a bit of sunlight. And then she recently got a good camera so that's kind of helped a lot and then i kind of just try and do the same exact (laughs) photo every time if that makes sense and just trying to improve on that and she's kind of helped me get a better understanding of lighting and center but it is hard it's like sometimes you just want to worry about leathercraft. you don't want to worry about social media and marketing and banking and accounting and photography and it's like it's not just leathercraft. You have to do so much, enable to to kind of promote your business. Yeah. But sometimes you just don't want to. You just want to like. Just want to make wallets.
0: Just <laughs> make wallets. Yeah. I yeah. you know what you mean. So thanks for coming on, Alex. I appreciate it. My pleasure, bro. It's heaps of fun. Chat leather any day. <laughs>